Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to become the CEO of your author business. Do you remember your first year as a published author? How many books or titles did you publish? Or maybe you're not published yet. Maybe uh, you're just, you're getting there. You're writing that first book and you want to know what that first year is going to be like. Today, we're taking a deep dive into the first year of a man who calls himself a blue-collar author. Craig Martell just finished his first year as a published author, and it's been a busy one. In his first year, he's published over a dozen full-length novels, and on the day we recorded the show, Craig had a, uh, an overall author rank at Amazon of 99. But as I mentioned, Craig is a blue-collar author. Craig is not one of those guys who's had that extraordinary success that uh, we love to hear about, who just hit that Grand Slam home run right out of the box. Uh, His first year was more about writing, publishing, and really seriously investing both time and money in his business. In fact, after his first full year as a published author, which closed with the biggest month of his writing career, just under five figures, uh, Craig still lost money in that first year, only a little bit, and primarily because he invested so heavily in things like editing and cover design to help him learn his craft and to get his books out there and visible to uh, readers. But all that will change in 2017 because of the momentum he's built in 2016. He really closed the year strong. I think you're going to enjoy this show with Craig, who retired from the Marine Corps prior to going to law school and then spending enough time in the business world to know that he really wanted to be a writer, which he now does full-time from his home in the winter wonderland of Alaska. When I first talked to Craig about doing this show. I think it was 78 or 80 degrees in in Florida, and it was something like minus 40. I don't know if that was a wind chill or an actual temperature, but it was horrific where he was in uh, in Alaska. It was a little bit warmer when we actually wound up talking. So I I think you're going to enjoy this this show with Craig. Uh, Before we get to the interview, there's a conference coming up for mystery writers called Sleuth Fest in Boca Raton, Florida. That is... Uh, a short drive for me, about an hour and a half drive. I don't know whether I'm going to be there. So I'm asking if if you're going to be there uh, to let me know. Uh, my schedule is sort of dependent upon uh, our, our grandson, Wyatt. If we're going to be watching him, it's likely that I won't go that day, but I may go a couple of other days. So if you're going to be at SleuthFest, I'd love to meet you. Uh, either drop me an email, steve at camvenmedia.com, or leave a comment at the site. Uh, if you're going to be there, it would be great to, uh, to connect. Uh, as always, uh, show notes for everything we mention, including links to Craig's books and, and Craig's uh, website, will be at theauthorbiz.com. And the interview starts uh, with me asking Craig what he expected when he hit the publish button on his first book uh, a little over a year ago. You know, Steve, I didn't have any idea of what to expect. I was hoping that it would sell. And I, I pimped my, my high school classmates, hey, could you check this book out? I asked a bunch of people, could you read this? And everyone was very cordial and, and read it. My dad bought it right away. My, my first three sales were two to my dad. Um, <laughs> and he read it and he said, hey, this is a good book. And I, th- I thought he was being nice and, and people were kind. 
And I looked at it. Every time I looked back at it, I'm like, oh, my God, look at this. There's a typo here. There's something else there because uh, I wrote the book. Uh, I I traveled an awful lot as a business consultant. And I said, I'm, I'm, I have enough of that. I, I'm just going to stay home now. But I had to do something. So I wrote uh, and I started writing this book. And two months later, I had 100,000 words in a book. And uh, that's the way we all start writing, isn't it? You know, we, we, we think we're going to start writing. And then two months later, we have 100,000 words in a book. No, that's not the way we all do it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it might be abnormal, but I, I sat down. I wrote every day, so I had that discipline, retired Marine Corps. So I set my goal and I, every day. My goal was 1,000 words a day. And I, uh, I kept writing, and the story took shape. And I'm like, okay, this is neat, and how about this? And let's keep the action going and short sentences so for, for high impact. And it rolled, and 100,000 words later, I'm like, well, what do I do now? So I reread it. And I reread it and every time editing it and tweaking it. So I reread it like six or eight times until I was sick and tired of this thing. So then I put it aside for a month and started writing my free trader series, uh, science fiction, something I really wanted. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, finally, I'm like, well, what do I do with this first book? 100,000 words. It's 400 pages. What do I do? Oh, I can make a cover. Create space. Oh, hey, they tell me how to make the cover. So I jumped in there and I made a cover. I, I had my title. And I published it and sat back and watched and nothing. Well, besides dad, dad came through. For me. <laughs> because of your marketing plan. Because of my, yeah, my, my, my non-existent marketing plan. <laughs> hey, could you please buy this? Uh, which everybody starts off with, hey, could you buy my book? And of course that put off a lot of people because uh, you come across kind of a jag and, and nobody wants that. So, uh, and what I really wanted was feedback saying, hey, it's a good story. Could you do this? Could you tweak this? And a guy that I knew in high school, he had written a book. He wrote one book and, and stopped there. But he read through it and he said, hey, you're repeating the word very. You use couple too often. And that's the kind of feedback I really needed. So uh, shout out to Paul Egley for, for making that happen and helping me understand what it meant to be a professional writer. So I, I didn't really expect a whole lot from that book. It sold a total of 56 copies. Okay. And that was some digital, some print, or was it all print? Uh, 56 ebook copies. Okay. I sold probably 15 or 20 paperbacks, of which probably 10 or 12 were to my dad. He would give them out to his friends. Okay. And, and uh, probably page reads, I think maybe 15,000 total page reads on it. <clears throat> but what it did give me was uh, exposure. And then I published Free Trader One. I actually paid for covers that weren't good, but I paid and and uh, Free Trader One, then Free Trader Two, and that's where I got frustrated with keyboards because the feedback I got was these covers are bad. Mm-hmm. Well, what's it take to make the covers good? That's that's what I want. Well, hey, you need to change it. It needs to align with your genre. Check check the uh, uh, the heavy hitters. Check what do the top ten covers look like in your genre? Well, what genre am I in? Ah, so I, I mean, I was. Mm-hmm. Three books, three books written and not a clue because I liked writing. Well, if I was going to do this as a business, now I stepped back and said, I need to study. I need to learn. And this is where uh, uh, Michael Anderley and the 20 books to 50K group said, here's what this is. Here's what it's about. There was a lot of posts, people just sharing. Hey, here's what I did. Here's what uh, here's what worked. Here's what didn't work. Here's what could work. And uh, so I started doing things. And the first thing was. Uh, I got new covers. Well, I had tried to get covers for the book originally, but if you have nothing published and you try to get a cover, nobody's going to work with you. And that's what I ran into. 
well, I had three books published, but bad covers. Well, okay, at least this guy is publishing books and I may be able to. So I contracted for uh, three covers with uh, the immortal Tom Edwards who does great work. Mm-hmm. He made custom covers for me. So I, I paid good money, but I got great work and has since far more than paid for itself. And what, what, where are we here? Are we in March? This is, yes, going into March and April. Okay. Because by, by March, I had three books published. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first one, the, the post-apocalyptic survival in Alaska book, and then the first two free trader science fiction uh, books. And so I took a month and a half. I had the third book that I wrote for the free trader series, but I sat on it until I got that third cover. Because I saw if you change a cover, there's a long process and the first cover will always be there. Mm -hmm. So so it may pop up on occasion. I didn't want that. And that was at Michael's behest. The first time I talked to Michael in a one-minute conversation, I think he mentioned 13 times about my covers and we weren't (laughs) even talking about writing. So uh, no, very, very influential and it was very positive uh, like uh, the first book that I wrote. That I think the cover of the first book that you wrote is still out there on Amazon. When I was when I was looking this morning, <laughs> I, I saw something out there, and it, it did say no longer available, but that cover was still there. It's like anything you ever do on the internet; it's just there forever. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, it is. Because <laughs> that's I did that myself. So uh, the story is: you can publish a book yourself at low to no cost, and what it did was it showed me that. I can tell a reasonable story, a story that people want to read because that book was then picked up by uh, Monique Lewis Happy and Winlock Press, mm-hmm. a, a traditional publishing house, and she made a lot of suggestions. And, and the great thing about the 20 Books group and what I got from Monique as well was here's what you need to do to do better as opposed to, wow, that's horrible. Can't you do better? <laughs> so mm-hmm. that, it, it, it was positive. It was supportive. We took that book, which is 100,000 words, made it 170,000 words, split it into a trilogy, and it became a best-selling series. And I have to say, I, I'll, I'll tell people that I, I was curious what your writing was like uh, back in the beginning. So I, I downloaded the first book today and started reading it, and you had me sucked in in like three paragraphs. I'm like, oh, I, I have got to read this whole series. <laughs> and it, that's all it took was that the first three paragraphs was brilliantly done. And that is the End Times Alaska series published by Winlock Press. Mm -hmm. So I'm a hybrid author. I have four books because I did one follow-up to those uh, first three books. Uh, I have four books with a traditional publishing house, which that creates one pillar of a revenue stream. And this is me going back to my business uh, consultant days, which you need multiple revenue streams for a foundation in a living wage mm-hmm. in making money. And the businesses I worked with, that's it. You can't put all your be- eggs in one basket, which is a great analogy. So here's one revenue pillar. Ebooks, that's another revenue pillar. Paperbacks, another one. And uh, the KU page reads. If you count on any one too much and you remove that, you're really going to be in the hurt locker, a good uh, Marine Corps phrase. So it, you don't want – so this is – and, and Monique helped me be a better writer. Kat Lind from the 20 Books Group helped me be a better writer because of positive feedback. Uh, Diane Velasquez and her, her uh, sister Doreen, Doreen Johnson, they helped me be a better writer because of feedback. And, hey, how about this with the story? Or this character isn't doing it for me. Well, why? And then they tell me why. Oh, that's not what I intended. 
So go back and, and fix it because uh, it's about a compelling story with characters that people can relate to. And let's let's talk for a minute about Diane and Doreen because I've I've never mentioned them on this show. I only know them in passing from um, from the Twenty Books group, but I, I communicate with them from time to time. They are, I don't know, I, I guess uh, in my own mind, I think of them as super readers. They're they're just able to uh, to read something and very quickly tell you what's missing or what's great and and what can be expanded on. Um, how would you describe them? I, I uh, super readers, a, a term that's used is a whale reader, a person who just consumes massive amounts of uh, of written material. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these these two ladies are dynamic. They're engaging. They look at the story from a technical perspective as well as just a casual reader. I'm reading this. How does it resonate? And uh, they are two of my biggest fans, and uh, I'm not sure I, – I, I, I have sent them presents <laughs> because uh, <laughs> they are so, so kind and nice and responsive. Uh, you can ask them today, could you read this for me, my first 3,000 words, and let me know how it is, mm-hmm. and they will get back to you in 30 minutes. Hey, I liked it. I didn't like it. Uh, here's what works. How important is the first 3,000 words in, in today's world? There is so much material that people can read that – you have to hook them within uh, uh, like you, Steve, you said the first three paragraphs I was hooked. So now it's more likely that you're going to read that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go on Insta freebie and download 50 books right now. I don't read 50 books in a year. So that's a year's worth of reading. And I'm not going to waste time. If that first page is really boring or doesn't do anything for me, I'm done. So in Kindle Unlimited, People ten dollars is all for a month's membership. Somebody might whip through twenty books before saying, "Hey, this one I'll read." And if they only read one page, you just got half a cent for one page, mm-hmm. and that's it. They're going to put that book down, return it, and you get nothing. Yeah, you got the uh, author bump in your in your ranking because the book getting downloaded, but you didn't make any money. And twenty books group is about you need to make the money. You need them to download it. And then you need them to read it. Okay, so let's let's get back to uh, the story of Craig. We're we're in we're in April now. Are you making any money in April? No, May was my first, uh, and May was a four figure month, and that was okay. ten times what I'd made previously. Okay, all right. So a big jump, and and why the big jump in May? Uh, I got all my new covers on the Free Trader. I published the third book in the series, mm-hmm. which Michael will tell you that that third book is the key. Mm-hmm. That's where readers say, okay, this is a real series, and, and a lot of readers will then come on board. So the third book with the all-new covers and a real marketing plan, that was the first time that I put Free Trader out there for free because as a business consultant, it, it just was mind-boggling to think that I have to give you one of my books for free <laughs> so you'll buy the other two maybe. Mm-hmm. and. But it does work. It works very, very well because there is so much to read. Why would anybody just pick up a series from an unknown author? It, that's not still on – it's not on permafree, is it? it? That was just a, a short-term marketing plan? Well, and that's Kindle lets you have five days every quarter. Mm-hmm. So you use them two days here, two days there. And you also have that if because if you market, if you advertise with a bunch of sites on the one or two days that you have it for free, there's going to be that rollover where people – Uh, Open their email late where it was free, click over and click to buy it, maybe not aware that it's not free anymore Mm -hmm. because like me, I I maintain a big Amazon credit so I can one-click books. 
and, and people might do that. So you do get that bump, whether uh, inadvertent or not. And and I do get returns and it's OK because you're expecting to get a book for free. But use those free days mm-hmm. because that's your advertising. That's how you get people to look at that book. OK. And then soon thereafter came the uh, the release of the the split uh, in time, what became the In Times Alaska series, the the hundred and right. hundred thousand word book that became one hundred and seventy thousand words that became three books, and so yeah. that was uh, June, July, and August. Those yes. three books came out. Um, what what's the what is your timing? What's the ideal timing for you uh, to release books? The gap between releases. I was shooting for ten books over the course of the year. But seeing how the algorithm dynamics work, it's better to uh, publish a book a month. And if you can do it faster than that, then that's better. Uh, I'm working on Terry Henry Walton Chronicles book four right now, which will be my 19th title in 13 months. Uh, I found my biggest months. July, I published two books because I turned the books over to uh, to Winlock for them to publish. Mm-hmm. And with their processes, it takes a little longer than an indie because as soon as you finish the book, you can hit publish. Right. Uh, uh, now, I have my books all professionally edited now, which going back to the first three books in the Free Trader series, I uh, as I was waiting on the covers, I found a professional editor and I sent her the first quarter million words and she ground through them and gave them back to me and it was great input and feedback. So she has done all my books since then. Okay, and who is that? Uh, Mia Darian. Okay. And that's uh, miadarian.com, M-I-A-D-A-R-I-E-N.com. She has uh, – so I send her about 100,000 words a month. So I I do my best to monopolize her time. And how – when you're doing that, are you – people that listen to the show and know Michael Anderley's story – and, and maybe heard the, the show with he and um, Stephen when Stephen was on who was doing some editing for him. There's this coordinated process, so he's writing and things are being edited at the same time. Do you do that as well, or do you finish the story and then send it to Mia? I, I finish the story and I send it to Mia. She, okay. she prefers it in one block because she also does my uh, consistency check to make sure that I haven't changed somebody's hair from brown to, to blonde, which I've done before. Mm-hmm. So uh, she caught that early and because it was a single package. Now, she is very, very responsive for me. Uh, uh, I make no guarantees for anybody, but uh, she has been a week. Usually it takes her about a week, but I, I have hit – I have never missed a deadline and I try to give her – here's when the next book will hit within two months out. OK, and you're, you're able to – to project your own word count that, and you're, you're, you're good enough with that that you're able to hit your targets so that she can hit hers. Yes. Yes. Okay. So give her a two months heads up and then drop it no later than when I tell her. Okay. And now in, in the things that we've already talked about, um, the Terry Henry Walton Chronicles is, is part of the Critherian Gambit uh, world. That's one series. You've got the Free Trader series. Um, there's the Cygnus space opera uh, that's oh. set in the free trader universe uh, yes. that we haven't gotten to yet because that was September and November. And then you've got the – did she get involved in the End Times Alaska series as well? Uh, no, Monique uh, is an editor as well as a publisher. Okay. She All edited right. those. So she is she's editing three different series for you then. God, I love that. Mia is great, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So a book a month, 
You've got three different series going. Uh, we've made it through the summer. We're into the fall now. And, uh, and then there's this space opera series. This, am I pronouncing it right? Cygnus space opera? Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Why something completely different? B- because space opera is my favorite <laughs> genre. Okay. And August was such a, a monster month for me. That was uh, a, a breakout month in regards to sales. My uh, author rank was uh, about uh, 2,500 at the time. And everything was just coming together nicely. I published two books in July and two books in August because of one end times Alaska and one free trader. So I did that both in July and August, and that helped those months just blossom. So that's where I, I uh, the faster the better, which is what Michael says. But it's not just fast; it's fast with a professional editor with mm-hmm. a very very professional cover. Because I once again, once I figured out what I was doing. Then I was able to uh, contract with Tom Edwards for covers uh, three, four months down the road. So aggressive schedule. However, I met all my deadlines, and so I put a, I wrapped a very nice cover around a professionally edited book. Yes, I paid for that stuff. However, when I launched the book, I, I don't have any comments on any of my books that say, oh, there's typos, it's bad grammar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get well-written or specific comments about the book, nothing about – this is, is formatted bad. It's bad. No. All right. Now, so in the fall, what kind of money are is coming in in the fall? September, October. I I, I was making about three grand a month. Okay. And that's hey, that's that's okay if you look at uh, I I was spending almost that. There are going to be a lot of people out there listening to this that think that's awesome. So yeah, that's let's let's just call it awesome. <laughs> okay, that's it, it's good money. However, yeah. I spend I I my covers. I, I was spending a great deal for the covers because I wanted custom work that mm-hmm. nobody else had. And I was spending good money on editing because I wanted professional quality books. So 3000 hey, it's it's okay. I'm retired from the Marine Corps, so mm-hmm. it's not like I needed that money to live. Uh, I, but it was a springboard. It was a springboard, and I, I came so close to hitting five figures in December. Uh, I, it was, oh, so close. Mm-hmm. And uh, – uh, this month I'll be down just a couple thousand from that, so I'll be seven or eight grand this month. And like I said, with the baseline, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, being a blue collar worker, a blue collar approach, right? Building very slowly. I have working on my nineteenth book, and I need a single book to have sold ten thousand dollars worth in order to join something like Nink or the Science Fiction Writers. Uh, association. I, I believe that's the standard. And I was talking with Michael this morning. I said, I actually don't have one. I have all these books and, and a lot of them are doing very, very well, but not a single book was the big standout. So I call that the blue collar, blue collar approach. We and work it, hard, get the books out, but, and it, and it builds each month. So, yeah. And I, that, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, uh, because it, it's exciting to have people on the show that just Hit it out of the park, like right from the very beginning. You know, the first or second swing is a home run. Um, you were not that person. You you came out with the first book, and you sold 50 copies, and you went on to the second book, and it just slowly built as you continued to grind away at this and adding, um, you know, as you've said, 19 titles by the end of the year. It's it's extraordinary. It's about – and you you have to have that support structure. Because if the those first three books, if people that I, I respect like Kat and Monique and uh, uh, Mia and Michael Anderley had said, 
well, you might want to think about a writing class. <laughs> that would have <laughs> that would have crushed me. But they were mm-hmm. all so positive, and the double Ds, Diane and Doreen, saying, "Hey, this is a great story. Boy, I was taken in. What happens to this guy after this story?" Which says you need to write another book. Those uh, kept me buoyed, my spirits uh, soaring as I continued writing. And now that uh, I do have a bigger readership, thanks to Michael and the collaboration work, uh, it is taking off to the point that I have this foundation of books and they'll always be out there. So I had to reference that and actually make a new will that says, hey, these books, because they will provide revenue for for the future. Well, let's talk about your uh, somewhat unusual path to becoming an author. Um, As you've mentioned, uh, retired from the Marine Corps. Then I believe law school, then this business consulting because you didn't get enough travel when you were in the Marine Corps, and and then um, because you decided you you just had enough of all that and you wanted to go bask in the sun somewhere, you moved to Alaska. That's uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> and is, is that the secret to to writing as consistently as you do? Is it the the like four and a half hours of daylight each day? That's in the winter. Yes, uh, three hours and. 50 minutes, I think, on the solstice in December. And temperatures last week, temperatures hit minus 50. So you try not to go outside. When it was minus 45, actually, I'm like, hey, we have to go to lunch. So we went out to lunch uh, when it was uh, that cold because schools weren't even delayed. It was minus 50 degrees here in Fairbanks, Alaska, and schools weren't even delayed. So that shows you. And we just had a foot of snow the day before as well. So uh, people will not be perturbed up here. It's okay to be inside, though. You don't have to be outside doing anything, and that, that makes it easier to write. Uh, my wife is a professor. She got her PhD, and uh, jobs in academia can be hard to come by, but uh, uh, she interviewed and got into a, a position up here, tenure track. Oh, okay. So uh, here we are. Okay, and I, I know that in addition to writing all the time, you do a little traveling because I've seen pictures of you where the sun shines from time to time. Oh, you bet. You bet. And that's uh, to take care of my wife to make sure that uh, it's cold up here and it's dark. So during the winter break, there's a month break from uh, UAF, University mm-hmm. of Alaska Fairbanks, that you need to go someplace warm. And that was at her at her orientation. They told her that. Hmm. Go leave. Go someplace warm and where there's light. So we went to Hawaii next year. Uh, actually, we're going to Hawaii again because we had such a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're bringing uh, Wendy's mom along as well. Oh, fun. It, does she live in Alaska as well? No, no. She lives uh, – uh, I married into Pittsburgh. Okay. So All right. She's, she's in Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, I won't, uh, I won't talk about football then. We'll move right on from that. Uh, Indeed. Let's, Indeed. Let, let's, um, let's talk about the year sort of in total, the past year in total. Was there anything that worked uh, maybe better than you expected? The, the quality of the stories. I, I expected – I thought they were okay when I reread them, but I, I uh, would then go back and read – Something from Anne McCaffrey, and I'd be like, "Oh, I am such an amateur. I'm such a a, a, a joke, even." And no, not at all. You're just different. It's a different style of storytelling. There is only one J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> all right, he wrote a certain way, and it took him forever to get his five books out. People like that, and they have a staying power. But this is a different style. This is Edgar Rice Burroughs' pulp fiction, and Edgar Rice Burroughs he called himself a pulp writer. And uh, John Carter Mars, who doesn't love that stuff? Mm-hmm. And that's how I write. Uh, Robert E. Howard with the Conan series. 
these are guys uh, uh, Andre Norton uh, an author that I have been compared to more than anything else I wh- how humbling is that because she was incredible she was very productive she got a lot of books out and and they read well they're good stories so I, I was surprised that people liked the stories as well as they did, and that's – I don't take that as, hey, look at me. I'm uh, I'm on top of the world. Not at all. I want to tell better stories because someday I want somebody to look at my work and say, hey, this is every bit as good as somebody like Anne McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. How, how much do you think putting all those words on the page helped you as a writer over the course of the year? Uh, incredibly so because uh, you can't edit a blank page mm-hmm. and you can't learn from a blank page. I read every comment that my uh, my editor makes. I listen to people like uh, Diana Doreen as well as I read all the the review comments. And that's why in the fourth book of the End Times Alaska series, I went a different direction than people were expecting. One of the characters that I thought was the main character of the story was lambasted in the reviews. She's flat. She's uh, – She's one-dimensional. You never, you don't know anything about her, and I thought she was the foundation of the family. Interesting. So to give myself a better chance, uh, spoiler alert on End Times Alaska, uh, I had to. Uh, actually, I'm not even going to mention that. We're not going to spoil it. Uh, <laughs> I had to do something different, and it was surprising. It was kind of an emotional uh, shocker. However, it set it up to better tell that story in a way that the readers were good with. Okay. Now, looking back over the past year, uh, once again, is there anything uh, that you did that you can specifically tell us that didn't work as well as you expected? Trying to do it myself. Ah, good. Uh, Sometimes you need help. I am physically incapable of editing my own work to a certain standard. I need to read it through to make sure I complete thoughts and things like that, but I can't catch typos. Missing words – I read right through it. I read what I think is there. Mm-hmm. So I need third party. Uh, I need somebody to look through it, and I can't do a cover to save my life. Mm-hmm. I would have uh, reds and greens. I would have red text on a green background for Pete's sake if it was me. So I, I have to hire professionals. Know what know what you're good at. Do you have trusted readers that you send things out to before you send it to the editor? I, I do. I do. There's uh, a guy out of Florida, Norman Meredith. He reads a lot of my stuff, and I'll ask him, hey, can you check this out, see if the story works. Okay. Uh, Diana Doreen, I – the, the latest book in the Terry Henry Walton Chronicles, I sent them the first 50,000 words because I said, I, I'm not sure this is working. And I sent it to them, and within a day, they got back with me, hey, shut up. You're being stupid. This is a good story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the uh, the collaboration that you're doing with Michael because I I find it fascinating, the idea of writing with someone else and how that collaboration works. Um, can you, can you kind of share with us? Um, you know, how you're putting this all together. It's it's a series. As you said, you're on the fourth book in the series. How did it come together? How's it going? When we first started, the initial the initial thing that Michael proposed was I write the first book, he'll write the second, then I write the third. And, and I'm like, no, no, you're way too busy. Your series is so popular. Stay on that. I'll write these. We'll talk as we're writing it, and we'll get where we want to go. Uh, so we spent a lot of time on the phone before we started clarifying what the world was like and what kind of shape and more importantly, what Michael's readers expect. And that was the key. They expect these kinds of dynamics. They expect three different storylines going almost simultaneously. 
chapters of about 2,000 to 2,500 words. And so it was a story design, an overall arc, and three sub sub tendrils. I put the first one together. I sent him the first 10,000 words, and then I got to 20,000 words. And he's like, just this is great. It's fine. You're on track. Just send me it when you're done. Hmm. And okay. I talked I talked to Michael a couple times as we're going, and without his input, these books wouldn't be what they are, of course. And not just that it's Catharian Gambit, but that uh, Michael is a master storyteller. And every time he talks, you need to listen to make sure because that's uh, – uh, I may write the story, but they're Michael's stories as well in that how they're shaped and how they come out. So it's a true 50-50 partnership in – developing and delivering a story to the readers does he it has has working with him changed your writing style at all let's just say it changed the technique i was kind of one-dimensional in that i would tell a story from a certain perspective and i would move forward uh with michael's technique of the three intertwining tendrils that's uh, that's different it's a better engaging way and it gives you an opportunity to leave a like a mini cliffhanger uh, at the end of each one of those, which may only be a page long without going to a new chapter. So maybe technique wise, I've, uh, uh, let's say, vastly improved uh, as far as how I write. I get good input from like Catland from uh, uh, Mia Darian because mm-hmm. they say, hey, this doesn't work here. Move this up here. And Michael also does after I send it to Mia, then he does one final read through and he'll change some wording around, which the the way he changes it makes it a, a good sentence or a good paragraph into a very high impact one. Hmm. And that's uh, that's the kind of thing that really makes these books dynamic and uh, I love to see. So yes, it made it has made me better. And that's every single book I write is I like to say it's better than the last one. Okay. Now this – you're writing in the Catharian Gambit world now. That's an incredibly popular series of books. There's a built-in audience for that. Uh, when you began publishing in the world, um, the sales of those books were were pretty good. I've I've, I've watched them; it's they're extremely good. And ha- has that trickled down to the other books that you've already written? Uh, you bet it has. Wonderful. Uh, I did get a nice bump. I do have a pretty steady, and now the last uh, three days it's dropped off, and I don't know what happened, but. Uh, I think when the next one comes out, the third book in the series, because the third book is the magic number, mm-hmm. that's when we'll, we'll gain a whole new block of readership uh, as well as – one thing I'm doing with my free trader series, I have six books out, and I published the first one February of last year. I put new covers on them. Uh, they're very consistent in their covers. The typography is uh, is exactly consistent across all six titles. A lot of reviews that I got said, this is YA. This is young adult. So come February 20th, I've, I've rolled out a whole new ad campaign with Robin Reed's ebook hounds, ENT, uh, e-reader news today, uh, some of some of the big, bigger sites advertising specifically at a young adult audience. So I've taken a series that has already sold very, very successfully and made mm-hmm. me a lot of money. And we're going to roll it to a whole new audience based on the reviews and the input I got. So we'll see how that resonates, but that could then launch that series in a whole uh, uh, and a big and positive direction because YA is actually bigger than uh, the science fiction audience. When you when you heard that in your mind, did you push back a little bit? Did you say no, 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 no? I'm not a YA writer, or did you say 
fantastic. Another opportunity. I, uh, <laughs> it's hard not to get defensive. I, I Of course, I never uh, argued with a reviewer, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I thought, well, this is this is how old school role playing gamers talked. This is old school RPG, which was my uh, science fiction series, Gamma World inspired, good James M. Ward stuff. But old school RPG, this is how those old masters wrote. And one of the best uh, reviews I got was this is this is the old masters coming alive. And uh, hmm. I, I was I was honored by that. However, there's no swearing. There's there's uh, no sex to, to speak of. There is some violence. But I looked at it and said, you know what? The reviewers are right. Let's uh, let's put this in front of the 13 to 18 year old audience and people who are then expecting that. And let's see what we get. Hmm. That's exciting. I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this goes. I, I, I hope it turns out well as well, as well as uh, we'll be rolling the fourth book of uh, Terry Henry Walton's about that time, too. So having four books in a series with another series that has six books available and and uh, there's nothing like backlist mm-hmm. as well as a new book to help sell your books. OK, um, when I first got into 20 books, I, I don't know, it might have been February of, of last year, I remember seeing you. And, and you posted a lot. And at the time, I thought, this guy, Craig, must really be killing it because you were out there and you were interacting with people. And um, I, I just got this sense from you that you absolutely knew what you were doing. And you know, now, a year later, you absolutely do know what you're doing. What was it like for you as, as a relative newbie at that time um, to be out there sharing your own experience with people? I was a little bit older. Uh, I was uh, 53 at the time. A child, a mere child, a mere a baby, <laughs> and uh, and I was able to write full time. So it gave me a different perspective on things. Mm-hmm. So I write every single day, and some people can't do that because they have life, they have uh, a day job, they have uh, young families, and so trying to give back to those who helped uh, it was has always been important for me. So that's I was trying to take what I learned Mm -hmm. and help somebody to save them 10 minutes, maybe somebody who, uh, hey, I only get 30 minutes a day to write and I don't want to spend 25 of that trying to figure out this marketing piece or understand how to put this together. So just trying to help people with the lessons I learned as I learned them. And and there's so much to learn. Uh, We are more than happy to help people who help themselves. Uh, if somebody says, Hey, can you just walk me through and do all this for me? Then, uh, we have no interest in doing that. You don't learn anything better than if you learn it the hard way. And not that we're going to say sink or swim, but just, uh, give it a shot and say, Hey, this isn't working, or I'm going to try this. What do you think? And for people who don't know what the 20 books group is, how much does it cost to belong to the 20 books group? It costs you nothing (laughs) except, except your time and a little bit of professionalism in that this is a positive support group. Well, we don't go after, hey, this writer had one book and sold a million copies and they think they're they're at the top of the world and they suck. We don't go that route. Hey, what did they do right? That's what we look at always. What did this person do right? Why isn't this great book selling like it should? What did they do wrong? But only in that how can we help them to do better or how can we do better? It's all about – I relate – uh, everything you do in life to golf. I can't compare myself against Phil Mickelson or mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, but I can compare myself to just how I played yesterday. 
And all I need to do is play a little bit better today than I did yesterday, and it's a good day. Okay, before we go, I've I've seen some interesting things in different online groups regarding Kindle Unlimited. You're you're in Kindle Unlimited for everything but your traditionally published books. Um, but but I know that you interact with a lot of different types of authors in in twenty books. Do you see certain genres that work particularly well with Kindle Unlimited and other genres that don't work as well? You know, Steve, I really can't answer that because I am so focused on science fiction and post apoc, mm-hmm. uh, and especially with Michael's readers, those uh, they read so much that most of them are in Kindle Unlimited. Now, being a business consultant, I analyze everything. I can pull up my spreadsheet in the background here and tell you exactly uh, to the penny with data from yesterday. My Kindle Unlimited revenue is 47.8% of my total Amazon revenue, not including paperbacks or audiobooks. So that's I track that. So mm-hmm. that says it's working pretty well for me in the books that I sell. I don't know. I know romance counts for what, 50, 60% of all sales. Right. So I can't speak to that because that's I don't read that genre. I don't read. Yeah, I wrote one book in thrillers, but I don't really uh, uh, do anything in the thriller genre. So as far as science fiction, it seems to work really well uh, for me, for my readers, and I sell a comparable number of books as well. So it, it works for me. Okay, if you were starting over today, um, would you do anything differently? You primed me with that question. You sent it earlier, and I thought about it. It'd be easier. Oh, yeah, I'd get professional covers from the start. But you know what? I couldn't. I tried when I published my first book, and I couldn't find anybody to do the cover because I hadn't published before. Uh, Nobody's going to take a risk on an unknown author. So I I don't think so. I I think some trial and error, and I think going out there first and publishing the book, even though uh, some things were bad about it, I got a lot of good from uh, from it, and I learned. The learning process isn't uh, an overnight sensation. Uh, if we all knew uh, when we were 18 what we know now, yeah, would our lives have been different? But would they have been better? Uh, and that's the question. So no, I, I like where I am. I like how I learned what I learned, and I look forward to 2017 because this is going to be a bang-up year. Craig, where can people – Find you online. What's the best place? Uh, CraigMartell.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-M-A-R-T-E-L-L-E.com. That's my my landing site. Or just search uh, uh, End Times Alaska, Nomad Found, (laughs) Free Traders Series, all of that stuff on Amazon. Uh, There's plenty of titles there. And you're uh, wildly available on uh, on Facebook as well. So you've got a lot going on over the course of the next few weeks. You've got book four in the Terry Henry Walton Chronicles. You've got the relaunch of what's going to become uh, a YA series, I guess. So uh, all the best to you, Craig, and thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, sure, Steve. And don't forget one last uh, uh, prompt, the 20 Books to 50K Conference. November 3 to 5 for those authors in the 20 Books group who a little bit of a writing practicum, a little bit of a mentoring practicum, a little bit of uh, learning about the that small business that is being a an independent author. And uh, we can't sign up for that quite yet, right? No, still still trying to lock down the hotel, get the uh, a, a relative cost, and then bring up the – there will be a registration site and we'll publish everything through the 20 Books to 50K 
Facebook group. And I will have a link to the group in the show notes. We have been chatting with Craig Martell. Remember, you can find show notes and links to everything we mentioned today, including Craig's website, the 20 Books Group, uh, Craig's uh, author page on Amazon, everything at theauthorbiz.com. Thank you so much for being here, Craig, and thanks, everyone, for listening.